I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome back to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my best buddy, Chief John Salka. And we've got another Old School podcast episode for you. Um, again, uh, we've said this probably 50 times already over the past couple of years. John, we we make this stuff up on the fly. Um, come talk about a topic or, you know, for our listeners, we'll, we'll be somewhere. And John will look at me and go, that, that, write that down. That's a good topic for an old school. So we end up with like, 50s these things in a folder and then go and then they come up again and we're like well let, let, let's let's just knock one out but uh um other than that a real quick weather update man um i know what it was like in the poconos john at your other place but how's it how's it back home hey, you know it was beautiful all day it was hot it was a hot day we worked around our yard all day long and uh it was it was brutal but anyway and then we ended up getting thunder and Thunder rolling in about five o'clock and a big old heavy rainstorm came through, cooled everything off a little bit, washed everything down. And uh, it's actually not too bad outside right now, but uh, the day is over. I'm showered and changed. I'm going to watch the Yankee game a little bit and uh, have something to eat and I wore get ready Yankee, for tomorrow. I wore my Yankee shirt the other night at, the, at, at, at Wichita West. Uh, uh, we had our 4th of July. Uh, we had our meeting night last night, John, but for 4th of July, they bring – the chief, uh, Ryan Fetzer, I can tell you, Ryan's a great boss. I love working for him. Uh, I think you do. He brings everybody together. Everybody brings their families up there. They, it's like potluck. Everybody brings stuff in. I made a lasagna. We did some cooking out. And then afterwards, everybody does other fireworks and just, just nice. a, a fun nice. night. But, man, they are getting a, they are getting whooped fun. in the Pacific Northwest with the heat. I mean, it's, you know, Coeur d'Alene used to get like 300-degree days with like 0.3% humidity. Uh, John, I'm telling you, Washington, British Columbia, Canada. I mean, hundreds, hundred, hundred ten, hundred. It is just, you know, a tornado coming in, coming into Florida down there with that collapse building. They're trying to get that done, and they got a hurricane coming in. So oh. I can't complain about a little thunder, little thunder lightning in the afternoon. Hey, how about those guys in Miami down there, Metro? Did I mean just awesome response? Of course, man. And they're coming in from all over the country now. Virginia, and I think New York sent the task force down there. It's that that is tough. Tough work. Well, and you you did it. You did it on 9-11 and the weeks and months afterwards. But, you know, you and I have always talked before about how how certain things affect the future. Here we are coming up on 20 years. And, and granted, it wasn't 210-story buildings with the other five buildings and the buildings around it. But that's a major collapse with 159 people missing at first. And you know the experience that they're using there was gained from New York City, you know some of the stuff, and and God bless them because oh, they're they're the guys down there are credible, just like you're masks. They're all wearing masks all t- the whole time. Nobody's breathing nothing in, which is good. So um, I'm telling you, so another uh, another uh, 
time the fire service is is absolutely incredible so hats off to all those working in florida so john here, here here's an idea okay i mentioned this to you the other day um our good friend jerry wells one of the battalions of lewis who retired a little while back he's still teaching and he did an article based on something you talked about that we've talked about i asked you to bring it up in class all the time we talk about like those little things uh that make the big things you know you know, better, if you will. And you always tell the story, and I guess it'd be a perfect lead-in. Uh, he did the article called Polishing the Brass. And I love that, I love that topic. And um, maybe we'll just call this one Polishing the Brass, maybe the, the little stuff that matters, you know, because you, you know, you and I teach sweating the small stuff because it, it's, it's the small stuff, 99.9% of the time that gets us hurt and killed in our business, the little things that we don't have bosses, company officers that are watching, like you brought up all the times, like that company want to cross over the Bronx uh, Expressway and stuff to come to an accident. Those little things that you and I, we sit there looking at a line of duty, I think, oh, what, what were they thinking? Oh my God. Because, you know, that guy that wrote that book, sweating the small stuff, uh, don't sweat the small stuff because it's all small stuff, may work for IBM and treetop apple juice. But in our business, you don't check your air pack in the morning and you get turned around a house night, run out of air because it's half empty. That's a big deal. And you show up the baby not breathing call and your O2 cylinder is empty because the crew before you left it on on accident, now it's empty. So it, we can go on and on. You, you, you don't change your batteries and your flashlight. You don't have a second pair of gloves in your pocket. I mean, all these little things that at the height of a fire could be, could be the, the worst thing you ever did. Well, so so the, the, the point here is, and I love when you tell that, that it's a great story about how the little things make so much everything matters i mean it's just the little things make the big things go right better or more safely tell, start start things off here talk about and i've asked you to tell a story a hundred times in class um, um and re help me refresh my memory you were i don't know when how how old you were in the fire service in the fdiy but i think you had a captain that would make you polish the brass fittings the brass couplings right. in a, a right. basket. I, I was a brand new guy brand new guy 21 years old 34 engine in midtown manhattan I, and you know I wasn't thrilled about being there. It wasn't a real busy place. Matter of fact, I, I think it was, if I remember correctly, the slowest engine in Manhattan. It was very disappointing at the same time. I was very excited to be on the job. But anyway, uh, any, every firehouse, slow, busy, or otherwise, everybody's got a routine and things that are done all the time. And, and one of the things that was done there all the time was uh, you, had, you had to pull a, it was like a, the, you know, the plastic milk, milk boxes, you know, pull, yeah, pull a plastic milk box full of, full of fittings out of the rear compartment of the engine. And you had to go through them. You had to wipe them down. Most of them were brass back then. I was, you know, it was the late seventies and brass was still around. Polish the brass, pull them all out. This double females and double males and you name it. Everything was there. And it's polish with the, with the brass clean, with, with the, the cream with the, and all with, Yeah. With the jar, the white, the white polish. Yeah. We'll yeah. Wipe the brass polish on there, set them all down. When you get to the last one, go back to the first one again, start buffing them up and cleaning them. Now, now there was a bunch of them, 20, 30 of them. Who knows how many? It was, it was, the box was full. It was about 100 pounds full of stuff in it. And, uh, you know, you work a couple of Mondays, and before you know it, you, you, you're doing this over and over. Suddenly, after a while, I was noticing that I'm polishing them for the second time. Like, I polished them last Monday. I just happened to be working again this Monday. And, like, I just did these things. Nobody's even touched them since I polished them. They are still gleaming and polished. Why am I polishing them again? But, <laughs> but... As, as, as you and I both agree, you know, when you're told to do something, you do it. There's a reason for everything, even if you don't understand it. And and sure enough, I eventually did come to find out what it was all about. So so one day, 
months later, and I'm still doing it. It's not just me. All the probies are doing it. What works Monday day to it is doing it, right? And we're all saying the same thing. What the hell is this about? You know, we're like, maybe the captain owns, you know, stock in the, in the, the brass polish company or something. Because we're using that stuff up pretty good. But anyway, so I'm up in the office one day, filling out a, you know, a mutual form or getting a, some information from the officer on duty. And, and he was on the phone. And I was quietly looking through the file drawer, getting a piece of paper for something. And all of a sudden he says, I don't know, you know, let, let, let me check. Hold, hold on a second. Solga, what do we got in that, in that fittings box down there? How many of these? How many of those? How many of these? How many of those? And, I, and I, just, I just recited it to him. I didn't even look up from the drawer. Oh, we get 10 of those, Cap, 11 of those that you're asking about, 12 of the other ones, 15 of those, and, and nine of those, you know? And he's like, okay, good. You get that, Tommy? I just gave you all and suddenly I realized that, that that's what was that was the purpose of this polishing the brass. Obviously, it did keep the brass nice and polished, but it kept all of us probies, all of us young guys who were always the guy to do it. The senior man and his driver were polishing the brass. It was always the young new guys. And turns out it was really just just not a trick or anything like that, but it was just an effort to get us to get our hands on those things to start looking at them. And we were just casually, unconsciously counting them and looking at them and touching them and feeling them and suddenly knowing how many of each we had and, and even what we had. In and, and doesn't that though, John, and I love that story. Doesn't that carry on or over to the rest of the rig? I mean, if you're doing that with the couplings and the fittings, all of a sudden the probies are building habits for the future. And all of a sudden now that little thing turns into, now they're looking at how many guys you see open up compartments, right? When they're doing rig checks, John, they open up the compartment, they look at, okay, everything's in there. Boom. They close it. And they don't put their hands on anything. They don't pull it out or, 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 or kind of organize things a little bit better, things tipped over. Or you know what I'm saying? And when you don't touch it, you don't know if there's a burr on a coupling or somebody actually ran something over, didn't even know it, put it back in a compartment or something, whatever. Don't you think, though, that's the stuff that's got the makings of good habits for checking out the rig as a whole? Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's why we talk about that. I mean, we've both been officers, we've both been chiefs, and not only have we been broken in, but we've helped break new, new guys and gals in too. And, that, and that's what it is. It's the, it's the daily routine. It's all the little things that you do all the time. I mean, you know what, you know what, from home too, when you, when you put stuff back in your tool bench at home, when you, when you get done washing a car, how you, how you get done with the, the brush and the broom and the, and the bucket and the soap and the little routines that we get into, obviously our routines are a little bit more important than buckets of soap. Uh, but we have routines for that too in the firehouse. We get the daily routine in the morning, the house cleaning and taking care of it. Obviously, we talked about checking the rigs and stuff like that. It's all it's all part of it. But can't you see it? You're the BC standing in the street in the Bronx. You're the battalion chief standing in the street and and 45 engine pull. I'm picking it's a bad company to pick because those guys are so awesome to use as an example, unless this can be great stuff. But the 45 engine pulls up and you don't see them going. Kerchunk, 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 kerchunk through compartments looking for stuff. They know exactly what compartment to go to. They know where everything's at. They, it's like they have x-ray vision. They know if something's missing off the rig, if a fitting's missing or something or whatever, because they, they check it all the time, like you said before. And, and, it, and it's like, John, watching guys with tools. There's a lot of departments that aren't 45 engine or 58 truck or 58, 56, you know, you know 48 and, and, and 88 and 38 that they don't put their hands on a halogen every day. There's some guys that don't touch a halogen for an entire shift or two because they don't go any calls, alarms, or whatever. And But the more you pick it up, right, the more you put your air pack on, don't – I mean, you get better. It's that muscle memory. The purpose. Right? That's the whole purpose. And we've talked about this before about checking the rig. 
you know, in the FDNY. I'm I'm out coming up on 10 years now, but but every day of every shift and every company I ever worked in, the rig was checked every shift. And even though over the 33s, I was 33 years I was on a job, which is 43 years now, you know, had I stayed on a job, uh, the rigs were checked every single shift, every 0900, every 1800, the rigs are checked. Now, I'm not saying there's not a company somewhere that checked it in the morning and didn't check it in the evening, but none that I know of. And I'll tell you what, and, and, and even when you were doing mutuals, even if you were working a 24-hour shift, if you swapped some tours around and you were doing a day and a night together, you still checked the rig at 1800, even though you checked it at 900. Even though you checked it at nine in the morning, you had one run during the day at 1800, you check that rig again, like you just came to work, like you weren't there all day. And, and, there's, and there's no discussion. Nobody has to be talked into it. Nobody has to be reminded. A shift change, a shift change. And, you know, and you, you and I both know from our travels, teaching and, and, and everything else that there's places that check them every other day. There's places that check them once a week. And we always said, holy cow, I didn't check a rig once a week. Do you imagine all the things that could be wrong? All the gas tanks that could be empty, all, all the air bottles that could be low, all the fuel, all the water tanks that could be, you know, half full. So, uh, yeah, even little stuff like a rig check, which sounds so, so routine, is so important. You know? And it's simple things like, and I know for some of the volunteers, it's hard to check them every day because you're not up there every day. But, again, another thing we've talked about before, I remember I remember when I, when I, was, when I was on Justice, I, I'd be heading home from softball games, heading home from bowling, heading from whatever. When I was a cop on duty, I'm coming home and I, I, the car would just turn into the firehouse. I go in and like whatever engine I was assigned, like I was for the longest time, I was engine 53, which uh, was a 73 Mac. And I would get in there and I would just, I'd make sure all the compartments are closed, check everything, make sure it's not somebody leave the call Hersey switch on, the battery's dead or whatever. And I try to do it for Ryan, the chief here, you know, once in a while, it's just a stop up there. Or if I know we're going to have a busy day, because you know, he's up there filling ice chests, knowing if we're going to go on some, you know, some wildland fires that get the water all iced down. So we're not worried about later because ice will last a couple of days, a couple of two days in the cooler. It's all that little stuff of thinking ahead. And, and I remember you said I should do an article and I should actually, when I did my, uh, I took my CDL portion for uh, the bus, the transit bus. Right. And, and like half the people are better that take the practical, the pre-trip inspection fail. And, and I, I told you, I was like, it's absolutely amazing what you have to check before and after your tour with the bus. And you, you said, and we think, we think it's a big deal and a pain in the ass to check a fire engine. I'm like, you know, try doing what we do with the bus, you know, and we're not, I mean, it's, just, it's amazing. You would think it's just a bus. It's unbelievable what you have to check to even get your CDL approved by, you know, the DMV to be able to drive a public transit bus, yet there's that pumper, there's that rig that if you don't, and that's my thing, if you're not out there, if you're not pulling knobs once in a while, not knowing that maybe the discharge, the discharge number four is hanging up, you know, noticing little leaks, like you said, little things aren't, you know, the wiper, you had a little dust in the rain and the wiper is crap. All right, where's, where's the stack tips on that towel out of basket or, or on, the, on the deck pipe? Or, I mean, the nozzle, the bail is the bail is really hot. I had a really hard time opening a nozzle. Well, because you didn't check the nozzle beginning of the shift. Otherwise, you would have said, wow, listen, look at this. We're going to oil this up or soap it up or do whatever we, you're going to do. You know, I mean, it's just every little thing. Oh, what happened to this This can, phone can? The phone can is half empty. Oh, they had a little phone job yesterday. I guess they didn't put a new can in. You know, yeah. all those little things are, are well. 
and you and I both believe, I mean, I interrupt you, but you and I both believe in, and we're big checklist guys, you know, just checklist to make sure everybody's doing stuff the same. And I'll, I'm going to bring up Wichita West again. Uh, the chief, Ryan had, you know, they're in a the process. He's got everybody doing, redoing the checklist and uh, Destiny Garcia. She's one of our lieutenants. She's a full-time uh, firefighter with the uh, Texas forest service, wildland firefighter, all hazards. They do all kinds of stuff. But anyway, she, re, she did, she did incredible. Remember we, we, I was asking you for examples of yours. She did an incredible job of this. So we're, we're using this and Joe, Joe Dillon, right. From, from down by you, by Rockland County Valley out there. He's in the air force here, staff sergeant. We're checking the rig. And, and remember, Jeff Bryant gave us, Amboy donated a whole bunch of equipment to us. And the very first compartment, we have to check the engine and all that stuff. All right, he's got the checklist. Open up, I go, I look inside, I go, we're missing a double mail. I already knew, it's just by looking, he goes, we are, we're missing a double mail. And now we're on this hunt to find out where, even though there was, you know, another one in there and there's two double female, we knew there's two double females, two double males. There's, you know, the, the two and a half. And then we've got the inch and a half you know, and this and the nozzle, and the foam wrench and a whole rope post and all the, all this different stuff, you know, just, and I immediately went, we're missing a double male. And that may like seem like a big deal until you need the second one or somebody loses the other one. And now you have nothing, you know, and it's those little things. And I love the checklist. Some people like, I just love going here, 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 here. Uh Oh, missing. You know, instead and of you know, it's not that we drove, they have a little, they have a, a little uh, clear plastic protector, but inside each compartment door, when you swing it open, is the list of stuff that should be in there. So even if you're cold, you know, on the whole thing, you never opened that door before in your life. It's the first time you ever opened up, first night in the firehouse, you can look and read and count it, read it and read it and read it. Yep, there's nine things. I found all nine things in here. It's all good. Even if you know nothing about anything, obviously a check is more than just seeing the things are present, but... And that's a good start, too, for places. Uh, and I told you about that that other drill we had at South Bloom Grove one night. It was, I think it was a cold winter night, whatever it was. We ended up staying inside, and we walked around the ladder truck. And we stopped at the first compartment behind the crew cab on the on the driver's side. And I had like five or six or eight guys there. I said, okay, uh, Billy, name something in this compartment. The doors were closed. He said, okay, the, the power saw is in there. Very good. Very good. Tommy, what about you? Name something else. Name something else. And, of course, the more things they named, the less things that were left. And of course, it got a little bit harder as time went on. But when they got all done, we swung it open and took each of the things out and then said, oh, look at this. Nobody mentioned this and nobody mentioned that. There's two other things in here. Piled it all back in, next compartment. We did this for over an hour going around the rig. And I'll tell you what, it was a, it was an eye-opener for a lot of them because they knew all the saws are in there and the hand tools are in there and there's some other hose in there. But they didn't know the other stuff that was behind the hose. They didn't know the stuff that was behind the blades in the saw compartment, you know. So, well, and don't your guys so many do, little things. Don't your guys do uh, what's it called? Tool time or tool talk or something? Where you know what? Yeah, tool time. I just tool I just wrote an article last month. It just got published last month. Tool time, and and one of the officers came up and said, "Hey, chief, come here. I'm starting something new." And uh, he said, "When we get all done with drill, no matter what we're doing that night, whether we're watching a video, whether they're going out and raising ladders." He said, we all come back in there. If everything's put back and, and ready to go, he said, okay, okay, tool time, guys. I'm going to go grab something. Everybody scatters. So different rigs, different compartments, and everybody comes back with something. Portable radio, halogen tool, a coupling, whatever it is. And then everybody, each guy, okay, tell me, what do you got? Well, I got a, I get the portable radio. It's just 16 channels. We always operate on channel one. You know, it's with the letter pouch or whatever. And he goes through his whole little spiel, and then guys ask him questions like, really? So is it, uh, uh, what are the other channels? Are there designations for them? And uh, does the remote mic, does that have the uh, the distress button on it as well? And is the distress button working on these radios? And 
Then the next guy says, I got, uh, you know, I got a Halligan. And he talks about it. Here's the ads and here's the pointer. Here's the fork. And I'm telling you what, they do it for another 30 minutes with about five or six guys. And it's a great, and then next week again, next week again, next week again. So each guy ends up at one point or another grabbing everything and everybody else does as well. It's a really great, it was a great idea that the young, young Lieutenant had. Oh, it's an awesome idea to have a little, kind of like when we talk about uh, uh, John Ashman, uh, the training chief in Louisville, and he was the captain on truck uh, seven on the tower ladder when he would do his roll call, you know, I've talked about, you know, he's got five guys at his truck company, always five. And they'd be standing at the back of the rig, like before their shift, standing around talking, drinking coffee. And I'm like, well, what are you guys doing? Well, you know, he's going to come out and there was always something laying on the floor. It could be your yeah. book. It could, it could be a, uh, it, it could be a tool. It could be a policy. It could be whatever. And they're, and they know it, it, how many times we've talked about this on the show before, John, uh, one of your favorite movies, heartbreak Ridge, when they're trying to guess what t-shirt he's going to wear in the morning, they're standing around trying to guess. And, and so I come in the back door coming from a mutual aid call and I go, Hey, what's up guys. We're talking. I go, what are you doing? Oh, we're waiting for, for Captain Ashman to come out. And there was an all purpose hook, New York, uh, FDNY all purpose hook land the floor. And I go, what's so they go? Well, all right. What do you think chief? Cause we've already thought he might, he's going to ask us about this. So we already talked about, you know, the difference with the flat sided tool on the roof hook versus the other one. And this, or with the ad and the Ram and the gas shut up and it's bevel. And they were, and within 10 minutes, they had me like all paranoid. I'm like, oh, well, what do you think? What, what are we missing, guys? What are we missing? <laughs> What's he going to ask yeah. us? And it's a little. Very routine. Yeah, a little. So I love the tool, the tool talk, tool time thing. Um, but it, it goes, it, it's checking your rig, John, right? It's checking the tools, making sure they're wrapped, making sure they look at them, that there's not rust and crap all over them and sheetrock, you know, or plaster and stuff. And, 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 and you know, it's like the saws. It's like. The little things about the saws, you know, I don't know why more fire departments, John, don't take advantage of the local steel or motor shop, saw shop to go down there and go, let me talk to you mechanic. All right. Tell me the little ins and outs of this thing. You know, Cause I had a guy a long time ago, tell me, I don't understand why your firefighter stand on the apron with the saw going when they're checking it. He goes, don't you want to put a load on that? You need to exercise it. Otherwise it's going to conk out on you when it's idling. You got to, get some wood, get a tree trunk, something just to put, you don't have to wear your blades out, but every now and then you got to exercise the saw. And I went, I didn't know that. So, you know, pretty much everybody's got a saw place or someone that works on saws around them or small motors. Yeah. You can go and talk to them about. And that's yeah. the little thing because, you know, you said it, if you're not checking your saw every day or once a week or whatever, it depends on your volunteer place or whatever, you see the departments, they get to the call and they're over there going, brr, brr, brr trying to like that my my Tommy Shavino my saw story whether he's watched those two guys trying to start this saw flooding and I'm like it's like the first time they ever put their hands on it but if you check the rig if you check the stuff if you run your saw and check your tools that that our good friend Curtis Burt every single time they get back from a job if the tools were shitted up he was over there rewrapping them John he hated having screwed up tape around you know the hand you know when he would wrap the handles with the clothes he just if it was all messed up from a fire, he had to redo it. Even if he just did the tape, he had to redo it. You never put a dirty tool away, man. You never do that. And it's not like, oh, you know, two o'clock in the morning. It was a long job. We're really tired. We're going to shower, you know, get something to eat and, and hit the rack and we'll get it in the morning. Nope. Nope. You never put a dirty tool away. If you've been up three hours for a fire, then you're going to be up three and a half hours or four hours. And the rig's going to be done when you get done. Otherwise, this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens before you know it. You're walking out the door. There's dirty tools. There's there's either either the fuel tank on the tool itself or, or the 
the refueling can is half empty or the, or the dirty blade is on there. I mean, when I was in the squad, we had the chainsaw back then, you know, the roof cutting chainsaw. Man, oh, man, I'll tell you what. You cut with that for 10 minutes, you clean it for an hour and a half. I hated that saw. It was, you know, there was so much more cleaning than there was. But it cut really well, and it was a great saw, you know. So, and everybody knew that. Everybody knew when you were using a tool, you are going to be cleaning it. And it's just, there was never a discussion. That's what, that was the great part about it. Everybody knew the importance of everything and just took care of business. Well, and we've already, we, we've already talked about, about, we're talking about, you know, polishing the brass, the, the, the little, you know, little stuff matters. We talked about, like, you know, the fittings that we, that, that carried into the compartment. So we talked about the saws and your tools and, and touching stuff and looking at stuff. And, you know, John, it's, it's the rig, it's, it's checking under the seats, around the seats, making sure that there's the fuel cards in there. And we mentioned it before we mentioned batteries and a flashlight or that your flashlights charge. Everybody's got rechargeable lights now for the most part, but you know, you pull it off, make sure it's charged, make sure the bulb isn't shot. Um, even gloves. I, I can't think of anything more important for a working firefighter than gloves, right? You could be in the engine, you could be in a truck, you could be climbing ladders, you could be pulling hose. You got to have gloves. You drop one glove in, in the middle of a fight, in the middle of a battle, it's gone. You're not going to stop and pick it up. It's gone. I ain't got one glove on it. Nobody wants to burn or step on or cut their hands, man. I always had a second pair of gloves and they were always in my pant pocket. So I could, even with the SCBA on, waist belt cinched up tight, I couldn't get into my pockets maybe. But I would always get into that light pocket, that pan pocket, right? I always had a pair of gloves down there in case I dropped one or dropped the bolt or whatever it is might have happened, you know? Well, little stuff like that. Exactly. How about the firehouse? How many times we talked about the little – you talked about the story about leaking water. And we're talking about the, the tread missing on a stair where somebody could trip. You, you and I, we talked about it. I, I just – well, actually, we did our hump day hangout where I talked about the fire station safety inspection form. And we did it. And we took about five different departments. This is a trophy club and, you know, cherry picked from theirs. And I, I think it's incredible. And you do it, you do it, you know, once a month, once a month, you walk through. And now the first time it takes you maybe 45 minutes to do it, an hour, you know, after that, you could whiz through it pretty quick and, and still be, you know, good. You know, and I'm saying skipping stuff, but it's addressing everything, John, outside little things like, I know par the parks departments, one of their leading injuries in their parks are orbital injuries, eye injuries from tree branches. So they trim their trees off of sidewalks, seven feet high, three feet away from the sidewalks. It's little stuff like that, missing shingles, uh, uh, um, eye protection by the grinder, you know, with the brush and the grinder side. You know, the, you, you heard that story. Oh. Remember that story with me when I was in Rescue 3? I was a young man in Rescue 3 and I was not paying attention. I didn't have goggles on or anything and I was, I was cleaning I remember specifically, I was cleaning an axe, had some tar on it, on the wire wheel, and all of a sudden, boom, I got hit in the eye with something. I don't know what it was. I put my hand up there, and I could feel the single metal piece off of the, the wire wheel stuck in my eyeball. It was literally sticking straight out of my eyeball. I put the tool down. I, I walked up the steps to the bathroom, and I'm looking into it. My other eye's fine. My eye that's injured is watered like mad, and I just grabbed it and popped it out. To this day, I've never had any damage. They must have just stuck in Bailey. But that could have been the end of a career right there. That could have been well, the end of my career. You know, losing an eye, uh, uh, checking, the, checking the tool or cleaning the tool. is. And, and you know what? I must tell you, every time I walk past a, a grinder with a wire wheel on it for the rest of my career, lieutenant, captain, battalion chief, if I walked past it and saw somebody using it without goggles on it, I would tell them something. Or if I walked past it and it was sitting there idle and I didn't see a pair of goggles right there, I would say something to the officer. Where's the goggles for that 
for that grinder. What? There should be a pair of safety holders right there. She, oh, okay, I didn't see him. You know, you got to do it. Oh, it's and and I'll offer it again at the end of this at the end of this episode, uh, John. I always give you our emails. Email me. I'll email you the form. You can change it however you want, but. It, 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 and I won't even, I don't even take up your time to tell you everything it covers. It's, it's not just a fire inspection form. That stuff's in there. It's at everything. Check out the whole firehouse. I mean, from mold to everything else. And it really, it, it's once a month. Um, the, you know, you sign off, your officer signs off, the other two uh, house captains sign off, you know, or leading officers. That way all three shifts see it. And you, it's amazing to see how much of the little stuff gets repaired and fixed when three sets of eyes, three different shifts lay their hands on. So, you know, again, it's checking the firehouse. How about, how about John uniforms, little things we've talked about, you know, and, and, and don't, don't send us the hate email if you're an officer. Uh, but if you don't know how to put your collar pins on, if you don't know which direction they should be facing the trumpets or your axes or whatever you wear, um, or where they should be placed on your class, A, you know, blouse, you, you know, I, you know what I'm saying, John, I, I'm always like, so what else do you not know? If you don't even know how to put your uniform together, little things like that, how the insignia should be, you know, stuck and fastened on your uniform. I'm wondering, you know, what else are you not dialed in with, you know, and that's a simple uniform stuff, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, those things are, and we, 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 we can actually a conversation you get to even smaller and smaller and smaller issues and they're, and they're all very important, you know, and, and some people don't think they're important, but every little thing matters to, to different people at different times. You know, well, I, I scribbled down as you were talking before, I, I, I scribbled down a couple notes about the one, um, you know, you and I always talk every day is a training day and it's it, and you don't have to always have. It's nice to have that good, solid, good topic takes a little while drill, but there's those five minute little. Billy G puts them at far, far close calls. Those, those quick drills, the company quick drills, little five minute topics. You sit at the kitchen table or at the tailboard of the engine, little five minute tidbits, stuff like, how do you know, you know, somebody hands you the nozzle inside a bill, you're relieving a crew and you can't really see visibility is poor without, before you open up the nozzle, how do you tell if the nozzle is in a straight stream or fog mode? If it's a fog nozzle and, and you stick your fingers in the end, your glove, you can tell if you can, if it's flush, you know, it's in the fog pattern. If, if you can stick your, just the first digits, your finger in the front, which you can with a gloved hand, you know, it's, a, I mean, it, it, all those little things that you learn that you kind of forget. I remember John Keenan, he was a, a, a friend of mine. He, he used to work with me when I was uh, running the fire command training, teaching guys promotional, you know, tech, promotional test techniques and, and things. He was one of my instructors. And uh, he gave a class one day about the, the sounds. You're listening to the, listening to the stream. You can hear a splattering. That's a brick wall. You can hear a drumming. That's hitting a like a, a sheetrock wall. You you move across. You hear a splattering, and all of a sudden the, the sound stops. You hit an opening. It's going through a doorway right. now or a window. You know all different stuff like that just from the sound of the stream. Ne- never thought of it before until until I heard him say that. It was it was like enlightened me. You know. Oh, and it, again, it took seconds for you to mention that. And somebody's going to listen to this show and, and they're going to be going, you know, what? just like you did. Holy crap, Batman, that makes yep. sense. I'm listening. Yep. I used to listen for the windows when we used to try. We had like, you know, good, you know, not a smooth board, but we had that 100 plus PSI nozzle going and we're laying and getting, our, you know, we want to vent a window without having to crawl up there, you know, and just dial the straight stream and you drag across the wall and you can hear it when it hit the window. And a lot of times you could bust if you hit the center window 
you could, you know, crack that glass, bust it. And all of a sudden now you're, you, you know, you're giving, you're, you're laying on your side. You didn't even get in the room yet. And you're able to do that stuff. But I mean, yep. Yep. John, it's, it's the little stuff is like, I mentioned, I wrote down uh, like pre-plans and BIs, building inspections. And, you know, I know we've talked about it a bunch of times about how things changed the FDNY when it came to uh, BIs because of the Deutsch building fire, some other things, but, you know, a lot of people think pre-plans and, and building inspections are a pain in the ass and all that. And you've heard me say it, you know, firefighters who get it, that whole so-and-so gets it. Those who get it understand the history of the fire service, why we're where we're at today. And, and they'll never, ever, 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 as you would say, did I say ever? <laughs> <laughs> they never, ever complain about fire inspections, pre-plans or rig checks. I used to say training, but you and I both love training. But, but seriously, you know, the good officers, the good firefighters, and it took Jack McCaslin, I remember 1985, John, to change me. But he said, you know, explain what it was. I haven't complained about a fire inspector pre-plan or rig checks since that day because I get it now. And it was such a, it was a five-minute little talk about, Ricky, come here. I, I love your passion, kid. I love your God. If you're not here at the part-time place, you're a captain and you're, you're a paramedic and training guy, you're at your body place, you're a lieutenant and a training guy. And, a par- and you're at your career place on a truck and you're training, you're teaching paramedic school you know, classes and you're teaching at the academy, the state academy, but you still don't get it, kid. I'm like, no, chief, I get it. I'm one of the guys. Look at you. I work three different places, three different fire departments, and I still teach paramedic school teacher. He goes, yeah, but you don't get it. There's people that love what they do, but don't know why they love it. And I'll never forget that, John. And it's... Yep. it's Little things like understanding why pre-plan or building inspections. And, and the last couple of things I wrote down, I want you to touch on is, and you already mentioned it when you ran a, a promotional study school, okay? Studying, you know, we, we talk about, read something about this job every day, right? Read an article. Nowadays, we've said this before, you have to work hard to be not interested in this job. In the old days, John, remember you read Firehouse? You read fire engineering, maybe, you know, fire chiefs, you know, chief or the chief, you know, the magazine. And that was it. And you go to a class, you'd see John Salka, John Norman, or whatever. There was no internet. There was no web, no internet. There were no podcasts. There were no webinars. There were nothing. You either went to a class or read a magazine or a book, and the books were few and far between. Now you actually have to work hard. You have to work your ass off to not be interested in this job. Yeah. You know, so, so what does that tell you about a guy, John? When somebody's demonstrating they're not interested, I used to say, oh, they don't give a shit. I'm, like, I'm sitting there going now, holy cow. I have to, I, in my mind, right away, buddy, I'm going, the work and effort they put into not being interested in a job is phenomenal, isn't it? Yes. And, and it's so easy now. Like I, I even tell guys, you don't have to spend a penny to be into the job. I mean, you just go online, you can watch videos, you can, you can download uh, lesson plans. You can download graphics on how to build props for training. You can listen to radio transmissions. You can go to NIOSH and read about, you know, or go to close calls. I mean, it just never ends. It never ends. Well, yep. and, uh, exactly. And the last thing I wrote, and I want you to specifically touch on this because, you know, I do the whole pride and ownership thing. When we talk about polishing the brass, the little things, the you know, little stuff matters. Talk, John, uh, briefly about your image, the department's image, and our image, the fire service image, and the little things you can do that put us all in the right spotlight, if you will. The little things that build good images for individuals and departments and the fire service as a whole. 
you know, some of the things we already mentioned, right? You know, how people dress, about uniforms, about the condition of the firehouse, the apparatus. And I have to tell you, I went to, uh, I was in Los Angeles City, visited a Los Angeles City firehouse, and it was 27, if I remember correctly. I was so, it turns out 27 is right next to the old 27, which is now the museum, the fire museum. Okay. So So we stopped by 27. And it was like something. Well, first of all, it was like a, it was like emergency with, with you know, the, the old show that we used to watch, right? But it was so squared away. It was almost like a movie set. The rigs were absolutely, there literally were a couple of guys with the red rags, you know, polishing the rigs, chrome wheels on. They had a tiller truck there. 27 was a tiller truck and it was an engine. If I remember correctly, LA City's got like, like 27 engine and 227 engine. You know what I'm saying? It's like they run they run them in, in pairs and one supplies and the other one lays the supply line. And the, but the bottom line was they get the wooden ladders that they actually build themselves in their own wooden ladder shop. Everybody was exactly in the exact proper uniform, button up. There wasn't anybody with one button more open at the top. Like you see the baseball pictures now with two or three buttons open at the top on that pitching. Drives me crazy. But these guys all had... Guys and gals all were so squared away. Everybody had short sleeve shirts on because it was short sleeve shirt season. And I and I'm telling you, I was I was beside myself. It was so perfect. And I said, and the, and people think the same thing when they stop by the firehouse with the girls' council. When they stop by with their young son who's interested and he's getting ready to graduate high school, he wants to visit a firehouse. Well, people just walking by that live in the neighborhood, they too are so impressed with. Did you see the firefighters, how neatly they're dressed, Tommy? Did you see that the floors were really clean and it's important to keep the place nice? And I was just very impressed with that because it was – now I've also heard that there are firefighters from the West Coast sometimes who come to the East Coast and walk into a New York City firehouse. And what I might consider a really clean, beautiful place, they might consider, oh, my God, it looks like a vacant building. <laughs> Some of the old 100-year-old firehouses and that are just sort of worn out and, and, you know, don't look so good to some people. But – but still keeping things clean and neat and organized and checked out is, is all a reflection on the fire service in general or, or that company, or even you personally, you know, so okay. I've always told guys. Exactly. Whether you're driving those guys, same guys driving down the street with your rig looking good, not all crapped up. When you step off the rig, do you know, do you look like you know what you're doing? Are you organized? You know, we nowadays YouTube can make or break you, man. YouTube can make you out to be, you know, yeah. incredible we've seen or, we've seen it. Yeah. Oh, or it could be like, Oh, there's, I hope that's just a moment for them. But I love that. I just, you know, now do you have to be like, I'm just saying you can, your guys, 45 engine, you, you know, I've, I've watched them umpteen times. How, I, I mean, they step off the rig. Like it's, it's actually fun to watch it. It's actually fun. Operationally, to watch operationally tactically, oh. There's no, there's nobody better. There's nobody better. I'm telling you right now, you know, they might have a hundred year old firehouse or maybe they get the, don't have the newest rig, but everybody is right on top of that game. Everybody's on that rigging out the door fast. Everybody's got the tools in their hands when they get off if they're a truck or they're right at the back step, ready to stretch if they're in the engine. You know, nobody's saying, oh, I forgot my flashlight. Oh, my radio's back on the charger. Nothing never happened. Put their face piece. You, you just, you can see a guy or gal on the front lawn and you could, you like, we always talk about them. And if they're listening, you guys are stocked in California. I, I tell people all the time, you need to watch their videos because they're they're amazing. How how oh my god, they hit the ground 
boom. I mean, they just, every step, everything. Regiment, regiment. Oh, yep. God. It's just, it's amazing to watch those guys and gals go to work, man. You know, and that should be your goal. If you're listening, that should be your goal. That's, that should be what you're, what you're shooting for, you know? Oh, so, well, all right. Any closing thoughts? We're talking about the, we're going to call this one, what? Polishing the brass, the uh, little stuff that matters. Um, any closing thoughts, buddy, on that topic? Just, just to, just to reemphasize the, the the point that we already made right at the beginning was the little things matter. Don't skip the little things. You know, you don't wash a whole big car and then not clean the wheels or not do the white walls. Right? Same thing at work. You got to pay attention to all the little details. Exactly, exactly. If you want to copy that fire station uh, uh, safety inspection form, just email me. Uh, well, speaking of that, John, uh, uh, email if they can get a hold of yet. Yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, it's chiefjohnsalka at gmail.com. And I want to add something tonight. Uh, I have a new audio book out. I, I was you I beat just, me to it. You beat me yep, to I was, it. I was just going to do it. And all you got to do is go to T-A-N-T-O-R, tantor.com. If you go to tantor.com and type in my name, Salka, it'll come right up. It's first in, last out. Uh, amazingly, it's the first book I wrote back in 2003. We just got done recording it, and I narrated it. So if you if you if you're not bored to death by listening to me, uh, it is available uh, as an audio book now. So I'm pretty happy with that, and uh, it's tantor.com. Well, and you can go to my Facebook, both of my Facebook pages, and my Twitter account, um, and I, I posted it on there as well. I know you did, but I I posted it. Um, right. Thank thank God you're married to a genius who can who is able to show you how to share your stuff <laughs> every time you post it like john i can't i can't share it but i'm so, still figuring this out you know? <laughs> so if you're looking if you're looking for that uh go to where johnson has site or like go to our facebook stuff or twitter i know i don't mind i have it on both my facebook page and my twitter account you can find john's audio book but yeah you beat me to it so hey if you're looking to get all me it's chief lasky at gmail.com and um, I know this will be a show that's dated later on, but it's not right now. FDIC's next month in August. Uh, John and I are there the whole week uh, with, with the whole cast of characters as usual there. And next year we'll be back in April, but uh, we hope to see you there. And uh, that's it. We, we, we ask you uh, every time we do one of these shows and we do the command post, uh, even our hump day hangouts, that uh, we ask that you keep the, the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers and also, right now, our, our brothers and sisters in, in blue, uh, law, the law enforcement side, need our support as well. So with that, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Spread the word about old school. We love you. Be careful. God bless you. We'll see you next time.